Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Easter everyone. Welcome to the Faith in Kids podcast. We are looking at the most significant event that has ever happened in the whole history of the universe. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Jam, do you believe it? I totally do. And for once, we're not exaggerating. When we say this is the biggest thing that's ever happened, that always sounds like someone's talking about a football match or something that really doesn't matter that much. But this really is the greatest thing ever. Landing on the moon, inventing fire, has nothing on this. This is seven signs of the secret king, and this is sign eight. Let's not faff around any longer. Please, will you question us in a whip-around way? Okay, so here's the question. What incredible things have you touched? What, what did you have to be really brave to touch? What's the most horrible thing you've touched? What have you memorably touched, Ed? I've touched a snake, and I just cannot tell you how freaky and weird it is. The other thing to touch is the is the tongue of a cat. That's oh. really, it's really, <laughs> really uh, rough. It's so weird. But I did that when I was little. Okay, so if we're on to that now then, having an apple on your hand and allowing a cow to eat it, it basically sands your hand with its tongue as well. Well, I'm the son of a dairy farmer. We had cows, so yeah. What's the question? Incredible things you have touched, bravest things you've touched, most horrible things you have touched, go. that wasn't too weird creepy strange but anyway ed why did you get us talking about weird things we've touched in today's story in a very strange way we're going to hear about a man who refused to trust or believe in jesus until he had touched something incredible he honestly said until i touch it i'm having none of this 
But before we get to that story, let's have the basic facts about Easter and the resurrection. Why don't we have two readings this week because it's an Easter special. Here's the first. Our first reading is from John 20. Here we read how Mary Magdalene went to Jesus' tomb and saw the stone moved. She went back to tell the disciples. Two of them ran to see the empty tomb for themselves. When they left, Mary stayed at the tomb crying. We read from verse 11. While she was still crying, she bent down and looked inside the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white. They were sitting where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the feet. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She answered, They have taken away my Lord. I, I don't know where they have put him. When Mary said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Whom are you looking for? Mary thought he was the gardener. So she said to him, Did you take him away, sir? Tell me where you put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. Mary turned toward Jesus and said in the Jewish language, Rabbani, this means teacher. Jesus said to her, I have not yet gone up to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them this. I am going back to my Father and your Father. I am going back to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and said to the followers, I saw the Lord. And she told them what Jesus had said to her. Jam, please, tell me you're ready to fun fact us. I am, and we are doing part two of Famous Tombs. Last time we did Famous Tombs, which was the Terracotta Army, because last time we were looking at Lazarus, the seventh sign of the secret king, and today, on the eighth sign of seven, we're thinking about Jesus's tomb where he was buried. There is a quite famous tomb in Egypt, the pyramids. Built from stones weighing between 2 and 70 tonnes. Just to put that into context, the average adult African elephant weighs up to 7 tonnes. And they were trying to shift these around without heavy machinery. You know, that might take with machinery 36 months to build a very, very large building. But with no machinery like that, no cranes, no forklifts, maybe 10,000 men took 20 years to build a pyramid. That's a lot, isn't it? And how did they get the big one up there, Jam? Was it a massive crane? Well, apparently not. We don't really understand how. And yet, also, the incredible thing was the whole thing was covered in polished limestone, uh, which reflected the light of the sun. But here's the amazing thing is they were built so long ago that all the stone has been stolen. Because do you know how long ago some of these pyramids were built? More than 2,000 years ago. 4,000 years ago. So even in Jesus's day... They were 2,000 years old. Jam, if if you were willing just to talk to me all day about the pyramids, the sphinxes, Tutankhamun Mm. and, and mummies, I'd be happy. Last fun facts then. The Great Pyramid of Giza, which is probably the most well-known one, held the title of world's tallest man-made structure for thousands of years. It's about 140 metres tall and 
a premiership football pitch is 100 metres long, Ed. So it's about a football pitch and a half. I knew you'd ask me about that. It's like a 48-storey building. And it was the tallest building in the world until 1311, when the tallest building became Lincoln Cathedral. The tiny little city of Lincoln had the tallest building in the world. How many pyramids are there? <laughs> there are three. There are at least 138 pyramids okay. all over Egypt. So we obviously know the big three, but there are loads of them. Because there were loads of um, uh, pharaohs. <laughs> That's right. Loads of pharaohs, loads of tombs. If there was a Nobel Prize for the Bible, you would win it. If there was an Oscar for knowledge of John's gospel, you would be up at the front. And if there was a gold medal for a massive brain, you'd be the only one on the top of the podium. Jam, please, have jam on John. Now, it's tempting to think that John wrote down all that he could remember in his gospel about his friend Jesus. He just jotted it all down. But actually, it's very, very skillfully put together. John gives us seven signs that Jesus did on purpose because we had before seven is a perfect number and shows completeness after all ed how many days are there in that first week when god made everything in genesis seven seven that's right he worked for six and he rested on the seventh and how does john begin his gospel can you remember in the beginning and what other book begins in the beginning genesis that's right And when Jesus does these seven signs, two of them on the Sabbath, and he makes some people very angry, they arrest him and have him executed and crucified. Now, we're not covering that today, but look back at other Easter podcasts and we do loads of stuff about the crucifixion of Jesus. But when Jesus dies on the cross, something we particularly remember on Good Friday, what were Jesus's last words? It's there in John 19, verse 30. Jesus said on the cross, what? It is finished. That's right. The gospel that begins in the beginning, going all the way back to the beginning, has Jesus saying, it is finished. What begun in the beginning is finished. One age is finished. A new one is beginning with an eighth sign. Jesus is no longer in the tomb. He is risen. Mary Magdalene has a wonderful surprise when she gets to the tomb after the Sabbath and sees that Jesus isn't there and that he is risen. That is the eighth sign of the secret king. I'm so grateful you've got a massive brain. That was excellent, Jam. Thank you for explaining that to me. Absolute pleasure. And it's time for our second reading. Our second reading is from John 20, starting at verse 19. It was the first day of the week. That evening, Jesus' followers were together. The doors were locked because they were afraid of the Jews. Then Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. His followers were very happy when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus said again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I now send you. After he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. Thomas, called Didymus, was not with the followers when Jesus came. Thomas was one of the twelve. 
The other followers told Thomas, We saw the Lord. But Thomas said, I will not believe it until I see the nail marks in his hands. And I will not believe until I put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side. A week later, the followers were in the house again. Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but Jesus came in and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand here in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you see me. Those who believe without seeing me will be truly happy. On that first Easter, early in the morning, some of the women had met Jesus alive. They found the tomb empty. Later, that same day, Jesus' closest friends, his disciples, were gathered together in a room. They had seen Jesus die. They were trying to make sense of what they were hearing about him being alive. They were all together except Thomas. Thomas was not in the room. Who knows where he was? But Jesus was standing amongst his friends and Thomas wasn't there. So his friends saw Jesus. They talked to him. They were excited. They were sure he was alive. And then Jesus left and Thomas turned up. Thomas didn't believe it. So Thomas came up with the Thomas test. This is what would need to happen for him to believe that Jesus really was alive. I will not believe it until I see the nail marks in his hands. And I will not believe until I put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side. So you hear what Thomas said. He wants to see nail marks in Jesus's hand to see it's him, not the wrong person. He wants to touch nail marks in his hands. He wants to see he's real, not a ghost, not a dream. And he wants to put his hand in his side to see he's alive, not just a dead body propped up. Thomas wanted to be certain. Without this, he would never believe. We all want to be certain. It's all right to want to be absolutely sure before you trust Jesus with the whole of your life. The Bible picks out Jesus' resurrection as the key for making that decision. If there is no resurrection, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then our faith is for nothing. So let's find out the truth and be sure. A week later, This time, Thomas is in the room. Suddenly, even though the doors were locked, Jesus was stood there. (gasps) Thomas is there this time and Jesus is stood there amongst them. Listen to what happened next. Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand here in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. The test was complete, so now Thomas could believe. He had seen the nail marks in his hands. He knew it was him. He had touched the nail marks in his hands. He knew he was real, and he put his hand in his side. He could see he was alive. Now he did believe. It really was Jesus. He really was alive. He fell to his knees, and he said, My Lord and my God. 
because Jesus had risen from the dead, he was not just a man. He was the one who spoke the words that created the world. He was the one who hears every one of your prayers. He is the one who knows every day of your life before it is lived. So this is the one we must obey. This is the one we must worship. We all worship something. It's what helps us to make our decisions. What do we make more important than anything else? I know a girl who really wants to have lots of friends. She sends loads of Christmas cards. She thinks really carefully about who to invite to her party. And she's so sad when she is forgotten, when she's missed out, when she doesn't get invited to a party. It's good to want friends. But she might be making it the most important thing in her life. What's the most important thing in your life, apart from Jesus? Is it winning? at sport, at music, at subjects at school. And when you lose, do you feel totally broken? Or is it looking great, being impressive, so that if you're laughed at, you feel like you're nothing? We have a risen, living, ruling king. He deserves to be worshipped. He's the only one who is enough for us. He will always love us. He will always keep his promises. He is always with us. With him, we will never lose. He will never laugh at us. He will never miss us out. He'll never forget to invite us to his party. Set your heart on Jesus. Depend on him. Trust him when you're worried. Know you're loved by him. Want to know him better. Want more of him in your life. Worship him. I'm going to pray. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you that you raised your son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. I thank you he is alive. I thank you that because you rose, I thank you that because you raised him from the dead, we can worship him. Amen. Amen. Ed's got questions. Under fives, what did Thomas touch? to make sure Jesus was alive. Fives to sevens, what did Thomas do when he realised it really was Jesus? Eights to elevens, what makes you sure that Jesus rose from the dead? Over elevens, why is Jesus' resurrection the most important event ever? You can have a chat about those now, in which case press pause, but we're going to carry on. Here's a sketch about Thomas reflecting on that incident afterwards. Peter? Yeah, Thomas? About the incident in the locked room. What a night! So good to see Jesus again. And to think, you doubted it. About that? Do you think people will remember that I doubted, not believing he was alive again? Unless you touched his wounds. Yes. I mean, it was a very small part of the evening. (laughs) I'm sure no one will mention it again. It's just, I don't want the whole doubting bit to be my thing. The one thing I'm remembered for. Doubting. Because I've actually been quite a good disciple. I've always been on time, happy to wash up, quite good at fishing. Doubting was just 
a little slip-up for a day or two. Well, it did last a week, actually. Jesus appeared to us. You went there. We said, we've seen the Lord. And you were like, yeah, right, whatevs. Don't remind me. Just saying. And then a week later, there you were with Jesus. And suddenly, because you had seen him. And because I touched his wounds. Uh, yes, and his wounds. Then you were totally good with him being risen from the dead. I only doubted once. You denied Jesus three times. Yeah, it was a very difficult evening. Soldiers, flaming torches, swords. Even so. Look, I'm sure I won't be remembered as denying Jesus three times and you won't be remembered as, I don't know, like, doubting Thomas. I hope not. Although it does have a ring to it. Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Oi, that's enough. Or I'll start calling you three times denying Peter. Doesn't really trip off the tongue like doubting Thomas, does it? <sighs> no. Annoying. Ah, well. Mary and the others went to the tomb But all they found there was an empty room An angel then appeared dressed in white Said everything's gonna be alright Rockin' rollin', rockin' rollin' Jesus is the king 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 Rockin' rollin', rockin' rollin' Says the king. Tom heard about it from his friends one day. But Tom shook his head and he said, No way. But then Jesus showed him his hands and feet. And Tom's just had to bow the knee. The rock went rolling, the rock went rolling. Jesus says the king. Jesus says the king. Ooh, ooh. Jesus says the king. Ooh, ooh. Jesus says the king. Ooh, ooh. Jesus says the king. Michael J. Tinker with The Rock Went A-Rolling. You can find that on his Be Strong and Courageous album. Links in the show notes. We love hearing from you. Send it along to podcast at faithinkids.org. The Andrews family in Cardiff. Jacob and Lydia, you listen in the car and in the kitchen. They are loving the seven signs of the secret king. Lydia loves your facts, Jam. Well, of course she does. And... They wish we'd said something in Welsh. So, Jam, can we oblige? Have you got your Welsh ready? Oh, we could say seven in Welsh. That's what they really want to hear, isn't it? Because I had seven in all the other languages. That would be saith. Is that how you say it? Saith is in Welsh. Most of my Welsh is unfortunately derived from road signs. Uh, I mean, Ed, how's your road sign Welsh? Cattle grid is grid grathig because it's on all the signs. If you got, two, If you know two words in a foreign language... Seven and cattle grid. That'll pretty much sort you out, <laughs> won't it? And talking of uh, not knowing the language, we've got a family listening in Central Asia. We've really enjoyed the Christmas series on John and love the fun facts. Ned's got questions. We'd like to say hello to our cousins back in the UK who also listen to this podcast. We miss you, Lois, Esther, Ethan, Lydia, Sophie and Luke, especially at Christmas from Simi and Benji. Simi and Benji, thanks for listening in. God bless Central Asia. Keep living for Jesus there. He is with you wherever you are in the world. Podcast at faithinkids.org. Drop us a line. Tell us what you love. Tell us what language to say what in. We'd love to help out. Thanks so much. Great. We're done. One more next time. The ninth of seven secret signs for the secret king. Can't wait to be with you. Speak to you next time. Cheerio. Bye bye. 
Happy Easter, team. And if you're an Anglican, I get to say, the Lord is risen. His spirit is with us? No, Jam, you are rubbish. Oh, God, I can't believe I forgot that. I've even got common worship on my... <laughs> he is risen indeed. <laughs> he is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah, Jam. I think we should do that opening again. I don't think we should do the Anglican version. Okay, okay. Can we please, can that go into the outtakes? Under fives, what did Thomas touch to make sure Jesus was alive? Fives to sevens, what did Thomas do when he realised it really was Jesus? Eights to elevens, what makes you sure that Jesus rose from the dead? Over elevens, why is Jesus' resurrection the most important event ever? <laughs>